0: Yanni, Yanni's here. What's up, Yanni? Athlete or podcast. Um, dude, dude, here's one of the reasons. And I was trying to explain to Joel before you jumped on. You're as big of a nerd about this stuff as I am in, in in every single way. So I looked over your left shoulder and I was like, is that a red light? And you were like, yes, it is. And then we started talking about recovery and you and Joel asked an awesome question. Like, do you notice it? Do you notice a change? And it's really hard because I was I always think the same way about vitamins. Do vitamins work? Well, I, I have to like slowly I have to cut them all out and then slowly reintroduce them one at a time. And who has time to do that? So so your answer was very honest in that like you made a lot of these lifestyle choices and changes all at the same time. What what does that look like in your
1: so you know just some examples of things right i I made a lot of adjustments to my diet in the last year um we started doing some red light therapy stuff in the last couple of weeks or months you know spent a lot of time in the hyperbaric chamber um a big thing is my supplement routine we'll call it is generally you know fluid and changing thing right depending on how close i am to a competition how much i weigh what we're trying to accomplish you know is depending on or is affecting what kind of stuff I'm taking right so there's a lot of moving parts but the one thing that and you know a lot of this is coming from Frank Perelli and the guys at the training lab is the way I think about it is the goal for me is to remove as many external factors as possible so it's just you know what what can my wrestling skill do for me right and I think sometimes when you're doing that it's easy to get caught up in the other things and those things are really important but what I've learned and it kind of took me until after final X to really understand it is that I need to put my trust in those guys, let those guys, you know, kind of guide me. And obviously, you know, there's going to be mental energy going to that, but I really need to focus as much as I can on perfecting my wrestling and trust, you know, Frank and, and coach Kyle and those guys on, on my diet strength training recovery, because they, they know it, you know what I mean? And I don't. So it's like, I'm learning, I, but I'm I'm, you know, I'm right. letting them kind of guide. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting. Man. Was there something that spurred you to give up control of that stuff?
2: So
1: <clears throat> I am a bit of a perfectionist in the sense that I I want to know everything that I'm doing. I want to know everything about everything that I'm doing. I I want to I want to be as as knowledgeable about the things I care about as possible. And that's great. But if you look at the matches at final X, like I lost some wrestling positions and I think because I'm doing all of these other things that are really helpful and they, they caused me to make these huge jumps. You know I mean? You can see it at the world championships or at final X, you know, the year before I kind of put more into that than I need to, because I have these other guys that are really guiding me and, you know, keeping me on the right track with that. Whereas in practice, like yes, my coaches are there, but it's not as it's not as um if A and B. You know, what I mean there's some there's some art to it. Wrestling is an art. So as much as you know, Mike and Frank are giving me the information, giving me the moves, giving me the hey, you need to do this, this, and this, I need to also take it into my own hands. Right. So an example of that is I started videoing all of my live goes so that I can sit there and look at it. And then I'm watching it. And I'm like, hey Frank, you know, what do you think of this? Hey Mike, you know, what are your thoughts on me doing this here? Right. And and because that's something that I I get. You know what I mean? And the the other things I'm I'm learning about, which is very good. And and I wanna continue to do that, but I need to continue to focus on the wrestling, right? That's what I'm doing. And those other things are going to help me get, get my body and my conditioning and my mind and and, you know all those things to the level that they need to get to regardless of of how much i learned about it so i want to continue to learn about it but i cannot let that learning process affect my time that i spend really being critical of my wrestling
0: Mm. how much can you so when someone is not very good at wrestling the ceiling that they have is very high They, they they can improve because they're starting from a lower point. You are very good at wrestling. How much improvement do you think you can make by really focusing on specific positions, let's just say, in the next... Uh, I mean, Nine and a half months. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) you you knew exactly where I was going with that. But yes, you know, yes,
1: because when you when you look at my wrestling, like I I do know a lot. But I feel like and I'm being critical and and it's good that I am. I think a lot of what I'm doing is like 80 percent. Correct. Right. Where it's like, I know. And and it's like I know exactly how to shoot a single shoot, a high crotch if you ask me to drill it. I would. And this is kind of what was really frustrating for me, looking back on the final X matches and kind of talking with Mike and Frank, is it's like, I could tell you exactly what I'm supposed to do and I'm just not doing it, which means there's some mental thing going on there. And there's probably also just, my technique isn't perfectly polished where it's like my brain understands, but it's not totally ingrained here. So <clears throat> a lot of the, I think I can make a, up a lot of ground because it's like, I'm I'm not doing anything perfect but I'm doing a lot of things really well, you know what I mean? So if we can start getting those things from really well to consistently world class instead of flashes of greatness, like that's a lot, that's a lot of improvement because I do have a lot of things that I do. And I, I, I just need to tighten everything up and tighten isn't necessarily the right word. Cause some of it is, you know, getting in there and mixing it up, but I, I just need to um, really focus on exactly how I want these things to go so that, when I'm in those positions in a match, there is no nowhere in my mind would I allow myself to do it any way other than good.
2: What are some things that you're doing on a daily basis to make those changes and say, I know I need to do X more consistently? Um, you know, how do you take that and translate that from I know I need to do this and I'm not doing it to being able to do it consistently?
1: um a combination of things you know i think videoing my workouts is really helpful because and i i think a lot of people maybe not i think some people experience this where in my head i know exactly what i'm trying to do and i have an image of it but when i watch it it's not exactly what i think i'm doing um
0: and that's important yeah and i thought that that single league was gorgeous but
1: well it's like hold on why didn't that work that was exactly what i was trying to do and then you go back and look at it and you're like that actually wasn't what i was trying to do it came out funny i need to do this with my feet or you know whatever so i think just and those are the kind of things like you know a coach can only have his eyes on one guy for so long and that's why like i can watch my own videos as much as i want so i'm um and I think that is a really big difference maker. And then, you know, spending time with Mike and Frank of really just hammering, you know, the things that I need to work on, right? So, you know, example is, if the team is working on a certain position, instead of just kind of mindlessly doing what the coaches say, I'm taking it as, well, how can I apply this to what I need specifically? We're working on crackdown. I'm not just gonna work crackdown. What do I need from crackdown? What is it that I'm doing wrong? Let's just keep really hammering that, right? And I. And it it, it sounds like not really a big difference, but there's a lot of of stages within focus training where it's like, all right, I'm just doing what the coaches say. Okay, I'm going to really work hard on what the coaches are telling me. But then I think there's another step of like, this is what they're telling me. How does this apply specifically to what I'm doing? And I think that's what I need
0: more of. You understand that you are right now, and and I hate to be overly dramatic and grandiose about this, but that's the difference what you're talking about right now is the difference between wrestling today and being being outstanding okay at wrestling today as opposed to 20 years ago okay there were a lot of athletes at, at a very high level that could get for lack of a better term could get away with Simply going to practice. And if the curriculum that was being taught fit into their their style, then they got better. But if it didn't, well, then they didn't, right? And so what we're – and this is a conversation that I'm having with my athletes now. It's not good enough. It's not good enough to strength train because there was a time in the 80s and 90s where if you had a very good strength coach, you had a big step up. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. Everyone's got a good strength coach, right? Everyone understands like functional movement and they understand explosion and all this stuff. It's not good enough just to learn technique because it doesn't everyone has a, a good club coach even as they're growing up now. And it's certainly even a mindset, right? Like if you had a mindset coach 10 years ago, you were ahead of the curve. Pretty much everyone, every high-level athlete has it now. So what we're talking about is Every high-level athlete needs – if they really, really want to improve, they need to focalize their own technique, their own style of wrestling every day. Every day. That's that, that's a lot of onus to put on these young athletes. It's a lot. But if they want to be successful, that's what they have to do.
1: Yeah, and and I don't think it's necessarily like you're going against your coach. It's just, no. you know, how can I take this position and apply it to what I'm trying to accomplish? And that yeah. that extra mental jump is difficult sometimes because it's easy to trust the guys that are helping you, and it's easy to just this is what I'm this is what I'm being told. This is what I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna do it. But then it you know it's an extra level of um, accountability to be like, well, what what am I doing wrong here? Let's just really work on that right now.
0: Yeah, it's not easy.
1: It's difficult. Cause you got to be able to identify it too
0: yeah good joey anything
2: yeah are you are you using any sort of special cameras or tripods or anything like that as you record your practices and then kind of as part of that how are you reviewing that film and deciding like hey i, I want to make this change and, and then going back and implementing
1: no i mean i i have my phone on a little tripod that frank perelli gave me out of his locker and i just use that and then um they're on my phone i'll upload them to a a folder on my computer just so that i i always have the room in my phone but all like today i actually just got out of a workout before this interview we did some short live goes like i'll go home i'll probably watch each live go somewhere in the two to five time range and just be like what am i seeing here you know how's how's my foot like and every time it's like you're looking for something different how's my footwork how's my positioning how's my defense or offense or whatever I'm trying to accomplish in the go, you know, what did I do good? What did I do wrong? Right. And then sometimes you write it down. Sometimes you don't, you just kind of, you know, keep watching until you feel like you totally are like, all right, I, I got everything I need out of this. And then you just keep going through all those, but you'd be surprised. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I shouldn't speak for other people. When I watch myself, I can watch a 30 second go and see three or four things. I'm like, right, I probably shouldn't have done that. That are little things that I wouldn't have caught otherwise, and even if only one of them gets fixed, it's one more thing I would have fixed that I wouldn't have just because you know it, it, I just didn't get a chance to work on it in the workout, or maybe a coach missed it because they were looking at another group, you know what I mean? So that kind of stuff is really valuable, right? If every workout I'm fixing one extra thing that I originally wasn't is a big difference maker, so as much as I can with that kind of stuff, you know, I'm gonna do it, but yeah, it's just my phone on a little tripod and I just position it. So I can
0: catch everything. Um, let's let's talk. You know, there's <clears throat> when you when you go about learning a new skill or or um, learning a new position. Is there are there steps that you take, physically and mentally, before you like really hone in on something?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> after Final X, ironically. I spent a lot of time with my single leg. Cause if you look at, so between the two matches, I think Nick Lee scored a total of like 15 points. And I think like 10 or 11 of them are all from my shots, which is bad because that means theoretically I could have just sat there and done nothing and actually wrestled better, which is what we're trying to avoid. So, then it's like, all right, well, let's look backwards. Like what, what went wrong? And a lot of things came down to just really basic stuff, getting my head up, getting a foot on the mat, not shooting to both knees, not getting extended, but the the kind of undoing of that, right? Cause now it's like, these are habits I've had for a really long time. It's my single like, you know what I mean? It's something I've done my whole life. It's like, all right, take your time. I, you know, like I didn't speed drill for a while cause it was just like, let's just focus on hitting it perfectly. And however fast you can do it perfectly, is as fast as you're going to do it. And then in the live goes, it was like, all right, let's try to hit one perfect single leg today. And if you literally only take one shot, then I'll live with it. But it's got to be good. Right? And now it's been weeks. How do you am I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much wrestling normal again. But it was like this process of like, let's just really try to dial everything in. Because I know how to shoot a single leg. I'm just not doing it. So... Mm-hmm. Let's really hammer in that muscle memory of like, you're only shooting it good. And if it's not good, you're out of there because that's like not where, that's not what we want to reinforce right now. I've always been able to kind of make it happen. How
0: long, how long of a process was that? Let's, let's just, cause we're, it's ironic because at a very lower level, my son is having trouble clearing ties and getting to play. So we are like, Fargo was a couple of weeks ago. Since then, he had like five days off since then it has been the slowest reps that he can possibly get but they're perfect get into a single leg so how long did you slow the process down? yeah I mean
1: I I would say I don't know if there's a hard line number for me it was like a week or two of just like nope didn't like it nope that was kind of like literally do a rep think about it do a rep that one was good. Do a rep. That one was no, good, right. And over and over for probably a week or two. And obviously I'm doing other things. It's not like I'm going in for two hours to shoot singles. Right. There's other things that also needed to be addressed, but the general, you know, it takes time and I, I generally pick up things and make adjustments quickly. And it still took me some time. You know what I mean? So I think for everyone, it's a little different, but the other thing that I'll say is there's a huge difference in my head between taking a natural movement, like for me, a single leg is a natural movement and just correcting it versus like developing something new, developing something new takes time. You know, my, uh, like I got underhooked a lot against the Iranian at the the world championships. And then you saw at the world cup, it was better. And like, I pretty much sacrificed a match against Gomez just working on not getting underhooked and right. And, And that was all those weeks. And he still got there and took me down. So it's like, It takes as long as it takes. You know, it could be a week, could be a month, could be six months. But I just think Mm -hmm. in general, sometimes, especially me, like I'm quick to be like, I'm not picking it up. It must be something on to the next thing because I generally pick things up so quickly. But some things just take time,
2: you know. how do you how do you go back through practice and determine if you're doing something perfect or not are you reviewing film in the middle of practice or is it something where you're like this felt right is your coach standing over you
1: you know it's it's a it's a combination of things right if we get a water break like i'm gonna go and look at it and be like, have that look that felt good the other thing that i try to do is and I, you know if i'm drilling or if i'm wrestling live a big like, i think that was good and just kind of like you know, not really thinking just kind of like, oh, that was a nice one and keep going. And then maybe when I'm done with the workout, I'm gonna look back and think, I really like the single I hit in the third deal. Let's see how that looked. And if it looked good, then it's like that connection is happening. And if it didn't, then I'm like, oh, hold on and work backwards again. Um, But, and, and, you know, obviously my coaches have eyes on me, so they're catching stuff. You know, if something, if something gets hit clean, I'm catching stuff right so there's always there's a lot of opportunities between my camera my coach's eyeballs and what i'm feeling to catch the things that are going good and going poorly so you're going to catch it so it's just a matter of taking the time when there's time to sit there and look at it or drill it or talk about it or whatever it comes up
0: you um you you did make some some pretty interesting gains um, after the world championships, in my eyes, um, and and the underhook stuff that—that's something that you want to continue to, to kind of delve, delve into, or or is this like a layer of an onion? Like, okay, we add the layer, and then I, um, you know, I know how to wrestle from overhooks or whatever, um, or is it something that you have to constantly kind of go back to?
1: You know, I think it's something worth exploring because. If you look at at my weight, the Russian wrestles from underhook, Iranian wrestles from underhook, Mongolian wrestles from underhook. Those are all guys that theoretically could win the world championships. That like don't do anything but under. Mm. So I, it's going to be something that will always be a recurring thing for me, just to make sure I'm really I'm really dynamite in there. And then on the flip end, in the United States, I like, guess not something that guys do. So it's a good skill to develop, like being able to wrestle an under over, wrestle from an underhook, wrestle from over, you know, I mean, those are good skills to have. So, um, you know, it's not like I'm going to revolve my style on wrestling from under over, cause it's just not what I do, but it's a good skill to have to be able to be competitive with the, the foreigners and, you know, add something that the Americans are, are not comfortable with. You know, it's, it's right. a, it's a dual advantage
0: sure what what you what were you doing after the world championships to get more comfortable in there were you just force forcing a spar position were you drilling stuff from there were you like forcing a live position there
1: it it was a combination of things you know i think it started with and and the general process for me i think is like let's talk about what went wrong Mm -hmm. let's identify what i should be doing and then let's try it and then you know, ladder, rinse, repeat, right? So, it was like we started with just let's get underhooked. Let's figure out how to get out of here or how I can score. Okay, this worked. This didn't. Let's try it live. Okay, this went wrong. Figure it out. You know, what I mean that that process. And then we worked backwards. All right, well, how can we keep this thing out? We can't just live in underhook the whole time, guys. You know what can we do? And then it was like, well, what can we do to get something going ourselves? Well, you know, how can I crack this guy open in a way? where I'm getting on him, creating offense, not getting, you know, glued under over the whole match. Right. Mm-hmm. And that process takes time. Right. And it was like, we fixed it a little bit, you know, moved in the right direction for the Iranian, mm-hmm. but then the Mongolians getting me in a different type of under over. So then it was like, well, let's talk about that position, play with it more, feel it, figure it out, you know, whatever. Um, I'm being kind of broad with it, I guess.
0: No, that's fine. That's fine
1: it's generally address what went wrong come up with some solutions try them out see what happens and back to address it, you know what i mean and repeat right mm-hmm. and you just keep doing that over and over and over until you're like i feel really rock solid here. Mm-hmm.
2: how how important is it to have kind of a singular position that you're looking for? You know, you mentioned a lot of the you know Eastern and Europeans and uh, have, you know, they're looking for an underhook and they're really great there. And you have to kind of game plan around that. Um, is it more valuable to be really great at a single position or be more well-rounded and have two or three or four different options that you're looking for?
1: That is a, uh, I would almost argue a chicken or the egg philosophical thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if you look at a guy like, David Taylor is a good example where, like, he's got his ankle picks, but so he, he hits a lot of stuff. He has some underhooks, some front head, some pick, some reshot. You know, sometimes he's in space, sometimes he's in a tie. He, he does a lot. It would, his go to shot is probably an ankle pick, but I'm sure you can find some matches where he doesn't hit a single ankle pick on somebody, right? Whereas the guy like Burroughs, like, you know what's happening and you cannot stop it. um So I do think it's kind of a person to person thing, right? And You know, for me, I think it's, you know, on one hand, I have the knee pull and that works on guys, but guys are figuring that out. And I just think I'm not the kind of guy who's going to, you know, be like, I'm hitting this and you can't stop it. It's just not really how I learned how to wrestle. I was never really the kind of guy to be like hammering one thing the whole time. So I think for me, it's going to be a little bit more, you know, know my positions, know where I would like to be. And then it's like be able to put you there in a lot of different ways which is a little bit what you know those guys with the, with one dynamite move are doing but i think for me it's like all right i want to get to your leg i want to get to an underhook, i want to get to front head let's figure out what i can do to this guy specifically and you know what let's figure out what works for me where it's like generally when i do this i'm going to be able to get to here right and the more things that I can ingrain as like one, two, three, four, five type of things, the better. And I just think that um, to make a long story short, I'm not going to be the kind of guy who's just like, I'm here and I'm there. And I'm always going to be living on a, a double, a single and underhook. It's just not really how I learned how to wrestle. And maybe, you know, we'll talk in two years and it, that answer will change. But Right now, it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like that.
0: I don't know that it's ever going to change for you but but that but that's not to take away from the opposite end of the spectrum i talked to steve neal about this all the time all he would look like the entire match was spent trying to set up his double like literally like he, he just <clears throat> he would just find ways to go okay this is not my position this is not my position this isn't my position oh there it is bang and good luck stopping Steve <laughs> yeah,
1: and there's a level of discipline and focus. So like the I would argue the advance that right, it, it 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 drills this habit of being incredibly disciplined because it's like there there's probably a lot of opportunities to to rush to other positions. It's like no, that's not what I'm doing. I'm here. And then the other end of it is I mean the obvious one, right? Is like I have a great move that you're not gonna be able to stop. So you know, it, it's it's one of those things where there's a hundred ways to skin a cat. And some guys, it's like, this is my sword, and I'm living and dying by it. And other guys, it's like, I have a bag of tricks, and let's see what I come out with. And I, I think it's just kind of how your brain works, how you like to think about the sword, and, you know, what what your skill
2: set is like.
0: Who's got the biggest bag of tricks out there right now?
1: Like, Sabulayev does a lot of cool stuff. It might be Taylor. Really? Like, a lot. I don't know. That's a He's sneaky good from short
0: offense, man. He is sneaky good from short offense. Like, he is lots out.
1: I feel like, in general, with the guys that win, like, you can't shoot on them. You know what I mean? Like, a guy like Taylor, like, if you shoot, like, you better take him down. And Sabulayev is like that. Kyle's definitely like that. Dave, like, if you shoot on Mm. him, he's going to turn you upside down and put you in a garbage can Burrow's going to reshoot you. Snyder's going to reshoot you. You know, there's just some being a good guy. Like, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I guess going back, I don't know if there's one guy that's like, man, this guy does it all because the nature of the sport now is it's hard to do it all because everyone can defend it all. Mm. But it's like everyone, something works on everybody. Sure. He's gotta find yeah. what the something is for them, okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Who do you look to when you're you're looking for your technique and for your inspiration for for you know perfecting your wrestling? You
1: know, growing up I, I watched a lot of guys,
2: you know. I um I watched
1: Romanov, I watched the Satyev brothers, I watched Mava petirov I watched Ray Aguchi on that running out of the Olympics. You know, I I I could name a hundred guys that I watch wrestle. Alexander Leifold, um, You know, there's a there's a list of Americans that goes out the door, right? But now, now I watch myself a lot because it's like, you know, I I know not like I know everything. I don't know everything, but I know I know what I'm trying to do, and I kind of have an idea of what I, how I would like my moves to look, and. You know, that's not to say when I was fixing my single, like I didn't watch a little Ray Higuchi and be like, well, what's he doing versus a guy like Shadulaya versus a guy like, you know, Joey McKenna. And look at those things and talk about how I can make them work for me. But I would say at the level that I'm at, it's important to understand what I'm doing. It's like the know thy enemy, know thyself, a thousand battles, a thousand victories. It's important to know what I'm doing and what that looks like and, really understand that so I try to watch a lot of my own practice and matches so that it's like what 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 am I really doing right I know what I think I'm doing but what am I actually what's actually going on
0: you know it looks a little different in front of you than it does in your head
1: unfortunately it does <laughs> otherwise it would be great otherwise I'm a world leader man <laughs> yeah otherwise I can't lose up here I can't lose <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's <laughs> nice it's nice to, to live there sometimes um okay <clears throat> question for you all right this is more of a fun question because i i, I know that you'll enjoy it dream three-man group in practice for half an hour Ooh, like, like of
1: all time or current?
0: I think I, I want to say of all time, but that might be a little bit broad, but go ahead. Let's just start there. We'll...
1: If, if if I could make them like my size, like if I could get a hold of like Satiev, Lubaysar, or Adam, I actually don't even care which one, either of them. And a guy like Malet Batirov, like that would be really cool for me. If I could pick now, I mean, I would just pick the guys that, that are the best two at my weight. <laughs> You know, like I would love to get my hands on a guy like Sadulayev, but he's he's huge. But in theory, if he was shrunken down, you know, I guess to give you a, uh, my brain is like rattling niche right now. Um, I want, I like to wrestle guys where, like a guy like Sadilayev actually hits very good basic moves, but no one can really stop him. Like, I would like to be like, what is he doing to everybody?
0: You know what I mean? Right. So it would be for different reasons right like i can't imagine that's that would be the case with buva star right like i mean
1: no for him i'm like i gotta feel how you're hitting this on people mm because it seems like i've never seen anyone do this before
0: what are you doing you know what i mean yeah yeah no i i know exactly what you mean like there's a there's a a video of he and his brother sparring that i have probably watched 300 times you know and it's just the most fluid thing I've ever seen in my life. and How he yeah, kind so of—they're so good, both of them, so freaking good. It's—it's it's unbelievable. And um you know, ever since you were a kid, you, you kind of leaned toward that style, that fluid style of wrestling. Is it something that you did naturally, or you just—you was it was a conscious decision to be like, man, I, I want to be like Kurosar?
1: You know, I think it's a combination of the way I was coached as a kid and, and again, just kind of how my brain works. You know, my dad, like, my dad was my coach growing up, and we thought, like, you know, some people think, like, having an unstoppable thing is, like, the coolest thing. But for us, like, we thought, like, being able to do everything was the coolest. So we were, like, like, not – and it's more than cool, but we were, like, that. Like, how can you beat that? I can do everything. You know what I mean? So that was kind of what led what led my dad to coach me that way was like, well, I can get him to understand all these positions and do all these things like he's going to be able to score and he's going to be able to figure out how to keep you from scoring on him some way or another. Right. And on the flip end, kind of going back to what we were talking about with the recovery stuff, the way I am, like, I like to know everything about the things I care about. So like for wrestling, like I want to know every position and every detail of every move ever hit that I could possibly hit once when, I, you know, whatever. So because of that, I think my, and, you know, again, it's a little chicken or the egg. Did my personality lead to that or did the way I was coached lead to me thinking about it that way? But I think those two factors really play a role in why I admire that wrestling so much because it is like, that's how I would want to be. I would want to be the guy who knew every position and could
2: wrestle out of everything. How do you kind of find, you know, when you're a kid, it's lots of times hard to find every single position that's possible. How, how did you go about finding that information when you're, you know, don't have access to the same things that you do now?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of different, you know, I, When I was older, like late high school, early college, I started learning the Russian alphabet so I could use like a keyboard because there's a lot more matches and practice videos that get posted in Russian. Um, You know, my dad, I was lucky enough that my dad would just sit there at his computer all day looking for matches so that he could be like, hey, watch this, type this in to find this guy wrestling and watch the match and let me know what you think about this move. You know, we had a lot of that going on. And then the other thing, I think there's a little bit of the mentality. Like, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, like, well, you just shouldn't be there. But we really tried to not do that. Now, obviously, there's certain times where it's like, yeah, man, like, you, you shouldn't have been there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But generally, it was like, well, what, what could we do if we were here? Was kind of our mm-hmm. approach. Like, guy got, like, a good example to think about is proper coaching would say, don't let a guy touch your legs. And we did that for sure but it was also like well let's talk about what you would do if he got in what would you do if he you had your leg in the air? what would you do if he got behind you what would you do you know from all these different positions and because of that you know between watching and kind of just like talking it out and playing it out when i got a little older we were able to figure out or see kind of what the maybe not the best but a good course of action was right and then when i got to college and i was around these guys that were winning national titles winning world titles coaching guys that were doing it then it was like hey you know you're, you're 90% here you need to be doing this instead right and then it was like no longer were we just kind of figuring it out we had somebody who understood it and then kind of helped me like get that last little bit
0: mm. you brought up your first couple years in college and games that It was pretty impressive. Um <clears throat> did you know you were gonna be a four-timer?
1: So I I tell the story occasionally. Mike Gray had a talk with me at the end of the preseason in my freshman year. Maybe not even at the end, it might have been the beginning of preseason my freshman year. And he's like if the NCA wrestling turn was wrestled today, And it was just a skills contest no strength and conditioning no mental no conditioning no whatever he's like you'd win you're i think you're the best wrestler in the weight he's like but if it was wrestle today you'd probably take fifth maybe as low as not all american you can best you do is like fourth or fifth and i'm like why it just doesn't make any sense if i'm the best guy i just win. and he's like because in college there's more to it than that you know you gotta be strong gotta be in shape gotta be mentally tough you got to wrestle hard you got to do all these things right got to have good basics and hammer you know certain things right got and and strategy and all that so you know we spent a lot of time my freshman year with like that kind of stuff and then the wrestling it was like hey so this went wrong okay let's do this okay it works you know keep going um but you know i i would have i try not to say those kind of things because it's like Count your seconds before they had but I would have told you that I I, I could have, you know, what I mean, and I think everybody everybody believes it. That.
0: I agree, um, and it's not braggadocious at all; it's just facts. Um, here's the thing, though. I think uh, you as a friend thinking that you should win four, and then you your final season knocking on the door for does it become more of a daunting thing less of a daunting thing how did you deal with the type of pressure that compounds uh, over time?
1: you know my senior year there was a lot of pressure from in the room stuff out of the room stuff you know and and um i think generally everybody feels pressure you know, and I used to say that I don't. And that was a lie. I, I just handled it well. Yeah. Um, and I just think when the time comes, you know, when you're in those really pressured situations, you kind of lean back on your skill. I remember I, this is actually something I, I learned in a class at Cornell. They did this study on experts, and they said people who are untrained perform better in low low pressure situations than they do in high pressure situations. So if I'm I'm not very good at tennis, I would play much better at tennis, just like me and my buddies, than I would in a crowd with people. Whereas experts actually perform better under pressure on average because when you feel pressure, you revert back to what you know, and I'm an expert, so I know how to do this. Hmm. And I, it kind of suck with me because I'm like, huh, so what is there to be nervous for? If anything, it's going to, I'm going to wrestle better. So it's like, don't worry about it. But obviously pressure gets in, you get nervous, you get tight because there's more to it than just you're performing, like your scalability, right? There's a there's a mental and emotional side to it. And um, it definitely is a factor, right? But, you know, I, I'm lucky enough. I have people I can lean on and and know me well enough to, you know, kind of help me out and make sure I'm I'm in the right space when I need to be.
0: What does that look like when when, when when somebody, I assume it's Mike, comes up to you, sees that you're tight? Um, what does it look like to, to talk you off those ledges?
1: You know, it, it um, it's, a, it's a situational thing. You know, if I'm not wrestling for a little bit, it's kind of like we're talking about something completely unrelated, making jokes. Maybe we're talking about a match of some other guy that happened. Like, hey, did you see this? That was crazy. Right. And then when it's go time or we're getting close to it, it's like, everything closes in. It's focused on this. Like you're the man. Let's one track mine right now, just this. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, I've known Mike for a really long time now. And when you know someone long enough, they, they, it's the phrase, like you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares into you. It's like, I've known Mike long enough that he knows exactly what I need and what I look like when I'm wrestling good, how I feel and what, at least what it looks like to him, you know? So to say that there's like a thing that's like, when I do this, I'm on, it's not true. And which actually something I've been working on with some uh, sports psychology kind of stuff. But nonetheless, um, you know, he just, when you have someone who's coached you as long as Mike's coached me, he just kind of knows what I need or what state I need to be in to be ready to go. And he's going to do his best to help me kind of get myself there.
2: Along the lines of kind of dealing with pressure, what was it like kind of, you know, being going into your senior season and kind of losing a match earlier in the year and still, you know, keeping the same goal and keeping the same focus of I'm going to be a four timer, um, you know, did your mindset change at all in dealing with, uh, you know, that loss earlier in the season?
1: You know, <laughs> it's um one of those things where I think it's a cliche to be like that loss is the best thing that ever happened to me, right? Because the best thing would be to not lose.
0: <laughs> but like I do it.
1: think that it it did some things for me. You know, I think I was really, you know, the way that I, I was really upset with myself about the world final. Like I wrestled this good tournament and then the Iranian beat me in a match. And I was so I was so upset with myself that and I spent so much time, I was so obsessed with that that. You know, the 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 early loss in the year kind of was like knocked me back into like, hey, let's let's focus on this a little bit. You know what I mean? And then building on that, I I wrestled a lot better at the World Cup against the Iranian and it was like weight off my shoulders, like, okay, I I am right there. You know, I mean he's not like you know, I, I think there was a lot of pressure on myself because I was so disappointed in how the world final looked and I was so worried about that that had i not taken that early loss i might have just continued to really address that and not really address the folk style stuff until the end of the year and then who knows how late it is and what the other guys are doing to get ready for me right Mm -hmm. because that kind of it was that kind of situation where you know they're all training to beat me and i i'm you know head in the clouds worried about a guy from iran and um so so in in Brought back kind of like, you hey, back let's to let's reality. About what's right in front of you. Like, let's spend a moment in the here and now. Let's spend time in the here and now and just hmm. address the the next thing is the NCAA tournament. Let's let's address that.
0: Wow, that's interesting because it's easy, I guess, to look past it. You not <laughs> lost at that tournament, um, right? So yeah i never really thought about it in those terms that's that's really interesting and um, it's not
1: like it's not like i thought i was going to walk through it because that's not true it was just like well if i'm worried about beating the iranian like that's going to help me beat these guys too but it's different um, it's a different style it's a different sport different guys you know different weight class like all those things matter and i think um it's easy to kind of write it off because it's like, you just made the world finals worry about that. Like who cares about the NCAA tournament, like world championship matters way more, but like the NCAA tournament's tough and it's a different type of tournament, different style, different, everything's different. You know what I mean? So you gotta be ready for that.
2: Uh, You mentioned kind of when you were younger that you would just say you didn't feel pressure. And now as you've gotten older, you kind of, you know, have changed your view on that. You think that recognizing the fact that you didn't feel pressure helps you address it in different ways as just, you know, saying that it doesn't Im- impact you?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, anytime that you have the opportunity to stop lying to yourself is good. Right. And I was lying to myself about that and just saying that I don't feel pressure because I did a good job handling it, you know, in my own way. But as you get older and the things you're doing matter more, the pressure builds. Right. And, Whatever, so I think you know. Just being like, yeah, I, I do get nervous, and and these things are really important to me, and that's why I'm getting nervous. And you know, there's some things that I need to do to to make sure I'm always ready to go. And it's not even nervous; it's just like I'm getting ready to do this thing that's really important to me, and I, I, I'm taking it really seriously. But you know, I guess yeah, addressing it addressing it is good because you're not lying to yourself, and you shouldn't lie to yourself. Is the
0: simple answer there? That's great, because it's it sounds like duh. But it's it needs to be addressed. It's hard to How accept that. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. All right. One more fun question: If you had a magic wand and you could choose one thing about the sport of wrestling, what would it be? Um, <clears throat> full style or
1: freestyle, or just one thing the, in general.
0: One thing. One thing that you think would make the biggest impact all across the board? Um,
1: I would get a. I'd probably get a TV channel or something like that where more people can casually run into wrestling. Mm. Because. That's
0: tricky. That's tricky. It's tricky because we don't package it well. We don't package no. it well. It's tricky no. because we don't package it well.
1: Because I think, like I, there's not a lot of people I've met who have gone to a match and not enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And I've met a lot of one people match. who have gone to one and then gone to another one. Mm-hmm. So it's just like if we could get it in front of people's faces, and they'll enjoy it.
0: But I mean, what what did that look like though, John? Does it? Does it, Are you saying dual meet? Are you saying a it's a dual one? meet? Ooh, okay.
1: Here's a better way to say it. Here's a more a more specific answer there should be an NCAA dual meet championships on ESPN.
0: Because now, like
1: the other, the toughest part about the NCAA tournament is that if someone wants to watch a Cornell wrestler, they have to generally have an eye on their phone for three days straight
0: huh?
1: and then. Either know the all the platforms well enough to catch it or they have to sit there and hope that they are looking at their phone when the Cornell guy steps on the mat. But with a me I could be like, hey, we're wrestling Minnesota at 3 o'clock Eastern time. That's when it's starting. You're going to watch 10 Cornell guys wrestle in a row, and then we're not going to wrestle again until 7.30 p.m.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is like boom, boom, boom. And I think dual meets are fun because you know, crazy things can happen. And what's cool about a dual meet is like at a tournament, I can kind of heroically lose and it doesn't really matter. But in a dual meet, like if I have a guy who's not very good, but competing against a really good guy and he's saving a team point, like he only gets decisioned. And then the guy at 41 gets a major, like that is something where the guy who lost, like one for his team in a way.
2: Sure. So sure. It,
1: it, it's a good way, I think, to have it be like everyone's in every match. Because that means because a better way to say it is I like get a tournament, like, yes, I can pin you at any moment, but if a guy's beating you by nine points, like okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> what are the odds you steal that one. But yeah. I can maybe get a takedown and move by seven and save my team a team point, and that's like something we can be happy about. Mm -hmm. I think, and and on top of that, right, like the pins, Matt, the pins are huge. Like we we had a match against UPenn and we got the president of our university to come. And it was like the place is jumping, everyone's screaming, yelling, banging on the floor. Like that's a good atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And the more people you can expose to an atmosphere like that, I think the more people will be drawn to it and then you create more fans through viewership that way
0: i couldn't that's
1: a lot of there's a lot of ifs and and requirements for that there's really
0: there's there's not from what i understand there's not a lot of ifs we've had so we've had some semblance of a college national dual meet title we
1: said the national duals was
0: awesome it was awesome but not everyone participated and when it when it's not the top teams in the country participating that's not a national championship. It's not a national championship. So we all have to kind of agree that that is the best way to package this sport. Because truth be told, our sport is so great, and it's but it's just always It's never the consideration is never put the viewer ever, 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 ever. It is always uh, to accommodate the athlete, to accommodate the coach, to accommodate the institution. We have to start thinking about people watching this at least considering it
1: yeah and that's you know and like you made a good point like accommodating to the athlete or the coach like it's tough because right it's like as an athlete you complain when things aren't how you want them but you also complain that people aren't watching you and i'm not saying that they're mutually exclusive but if you want to increase the enjoyment of the viewer you have to take it from something Or you just have to like make more money up here, but that's not really an option.
0: It no. I mean, it, it well, it, it is an option, but it's not sustainable, right? Yeah. Like we we can we can it's an option to go. Hey, we need this kind of money to put towards whatever product we're producing, but that that handout mentality is just. It has
1: to pay back at some point.
0: Yeah, there's no ROI at all in our sport. So anyway, uh, um, let's let's wrap this Let me, up. You got something?
2: Yeah one one more quick question on pressure. You mentioned like acknowledging that you feel nervous. Has there ever been a time where you don't feel nervous before competing? Yeah, of
1: course. You know, and this is what I would argue like the zone is that you always hear about in sports, where it's like everything's in slow motion, everything's clicking. Where it's like, man, I feel like I could. I could wrestle a, a bear right now. I could I could do anything. You know what I mean? And and that's the goal, right? Where you and I'm not saying that you weren't nervous five seconds before you hit that. You know what I mean? But it's like that's the goal with when we talk about getting into a, the right state of mind when you compete, is it's like, how can I always get it where it's like I'm out there and I feel great? Because you can. It's not like you don't, you know what I mean? And and um I guess, yeah there's times where I've felt pressure taking the right approach to it. And then it's like, Ooh, I feel great. And there's times where you feel pressure and then you, you, you wrestle and you may or may not wrestle as good as you like. Sometimes you still do wrestle. Well, you kind of like snap into it and go, or you don't, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I, I would argue anybody could tell you about a time where they are like, man, I was just on it. And I, I would imagine what they're experiencing is that like clarity of mind where it's like everything's clicking and they feel like they're on top of the world. At least that's how it feels for me.
2: Is that same thing, like the moment you step on the mat, like you're not feeling nerves at all, or is that more so like once you get into the action, you're like, oh, I'm in the zone now.
1: Generally, it's when you walk out there, like there's this moment where you're like, the problem is, <laughs> to my understanding, it's like when it's happening, you don't realize it until afterwards. And you're like, man, that was good. Mm-hmm. Because part of it is like you're you're in this unconscious, empty-headed state of like everything's just happening, and I'm I'm making it happen. And the unconscious part means that you're not even really aware that that's how you're feeling until afterwards, when you're like, "Wow,
0: you know." Yeah, yeah. Almost like you're. So uh, I can you like put
1: yourself in a trance a little.
0: Yeah. No. And then when you look back on it, it's like watching a movie like like when you think back on it you're like oh it was that was me doing that oh that's pretty cool right like that's a really cool place to be
1: yeah a really
0: cool place to be all right um honey how do people get a hold of you how do they see you how do they talk to you
1: so i um i have an instagram and a twitter my instagram is yanni diaco underscore lgr my twitter is yanni d underscore lgr um you know, that's really it. I um you know, I I could talk about my sponsors if you want, mm-hmm. but you know, generally Please? I you know
0: Talk I'm about Spartan, them, man. Spartan, does really a job. Shirt.
1: Like Spartan combat it, is huge for me, you know. I I I could make a whole list of people, right? Like live trained as technique videos of me. Um but generally like you know, those are my social media handles and if you wanted to get in contact with me, those are great. Um you know, and, and I just want to say, I get a lot of support generally. I, I feel um, appreciated and respected among people. So I, I just want to say thank you for that. You know, I, wh- whether or not that's necessarily true.
0: Um, that's true. No,
1: it that's feels true. that way. So I just want to say thank you to people who are kind of in my corner.
0: That's pretty dope. Also, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, shoes. Yeah, get your shoes.
1: Buying the shoes would be sweet. I had them on. They're nice. Um, I hope you guys like them if you've already gotten a pair, so. Yeah.
0: They're very euro. Euro. (laughs) Oh yeah. All right, Jan. It was great catching up with you, brother. Thank you
2: so much for doing this. We appreciate it. No, thank you guys.